Welcome to the Victory Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Watson. On this episode, I sat down with Kia Binion. Uh, she is, as they say in Georgia Tech, a rambling wreck for Georgia Tech and a hell of a pastry engineer. We sat down and talked about her business model around the pastry engineer and how she's using that to teach kids with, about STEM. Let's have a listen. So welcome to the Victory Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Watson, and I have the wonderful pleasure on this episode to have a good friend of mine, uh, Kia Binion. How are you doing, Kia? Hi, Monique. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are things? How is all with you? Things are good. Um, you know, I I think with everybody out there just managing the pandemic and, and some of the impacts because of the pandemic and trying to find silver linings uh, within various uh, business avenues or just even personally, you know, just trying to trying to cope and, and get support and provide support and just the constant juggling. I think most of us have been doing over the past 18 months, um, yeah. but I'd say overall positive and I am so, so grateful for, you know, just being in that position. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast and it's great having you. Um, so far, listeners, maybe we can give them a little bit of background about yourself and, and a quick, uh, you know, how we know each other. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am Kia Binion. I am the founder of The Pastry Engineer, um, as well as Cocktail Engineer brand. Uh, pastry Engineer focuses primarily on creating a culinary science platform. Um, and so we offer uh, culinary education from a science perspective, partnering with schools, nonprofit organizations, also focusing on corporate team building events. So virtual corporate team building events, um, as well as recipe development. So all of that is in my wheelhouse um, from both a pastry perspective, as well as a mixology and cocktail perspective. And just a little bit about my background, um, graduated from Georgia Institute of Technology with a degree in civil engineering. Um, after, uh, while I was studying civil engineering, at Tech in Atlanta, I started my first company, Soco Sweets, which is um, a dessert catering company, ran that for about seven years. Uh, and during the time that I was running Soco Sweets, the idea for the pastry engineer uh, came to life and have been executing it in various capacities um, for about four years now. So it's just been a really exciting evolution to take not only my science, and engineering background, but merging it with my passion for the culinary arts and um, creating a platform that intersects uh, both of those ideas. Um, and then really quickly, how we know each other. Um, so Monique's younger sister, Nicole, is one of my best friends. Um, we've been good friends since, uh, actually since before she was in college, because I hosted her uh, when she was doing her visitation weekend. And that's how we instantly became friends and have been so close. We've been coworkers. I was in her wedding um, and through that relationship, got to know Monique very, very well. So I'm so excited to just have this chat with you and, you know, discuss the things that I have going on. And it's really exciting to see all the things that you've had going on. So I'm looking forward to it. This will be a fun conversation. 
Absolutely. I'm very excited about it. And so, yeah, let's jump right into it. Um, you kind of started touching on it a little bit. It is a, a, an interesting and unique kind of intersection of your background, kind of your educational with the civil engineering. And most people, I think, would think you would leave, you know, a wonderful institution like Georgia Tech and jump into like, you know, designing the next bridges and cities and all the things that maybe enter your mind or the, our listeners' minds when they hear civil engineering. And sort of, uh, so my question is, what kind of, I know the SoCo Suite sounds like was going on while you're in school and kind of doing that, but what kind of led from, you know, your school kind of education into this pastry engineer, cocktail engineer, all this great stuff, this kind of STEM overlap with the culinary arts? Absolutely. I think that's a really good question. Um, so while I was running SoCo Suites, uh, people constantly ask me, how does an engineer get into the pastry space, which was where I started. Um, and to me, it just made so much sense because I know how scientific and analytical baking is, how precise it is. Um, you know, um, I was very interested in the chemical reactions that occur uh, while I was baking and experimenting with different recipes, et cetera. Um, and I was constantly building this question so much so that um, I would say a light bulb went off, right? And it, it showed me that there was now an opportunity to educate people on the connection between the two. Um, what that education looked like, I hadn't fully thought through, but um, in thinking through my approach to it and how I wanted to explain it, that's where the idea for the pastry engineer formed. Kind of the second part of that is as a Black woman in STEM, recognizing that uh, not only is representation so important, but exposure is really, really important. And so I've been able to use the pastry engineer uh, platform to provide exposure to alternative STEM careers. I think a lot of times when we think about STEM education, there's a heavy emphasis on, you know, the coding boot camps and the robotics boot camps, and those are great, but STEM is so wide reaching that sometimes when we spend too much focus on um, particular areas, I think we weed students out. Um, you know, if we have, um, you know, essentially showing students that, hey, if you like to cook, and, you know, you you go into your science classes and you're like, I don't like this. I don't like science. Well, if you like to cook, you like science. And here's how we bridge the gap between the things that you are interested in and the things that you need to know to ultimately be successful. On the flip side, if you are into science, but you don't necessarily science engineering or math, but you don't necessarily want to go into maybe some of the more traditional professions it opens up your mind as to what the realm of possibility is from a professional standpoint within STEM. So those are kind of my main drivers as to why I wanted to create the platform and kind of the, I would say the heartbeat or the lifeline of Patriot Engineer, even though I've since moved into other um, opportunities and branches under the brand. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a really good point around the, in, in the world of STEM. And I think two, two points that I thought about while you were talking, um, one, the science of the pastry space. Actually, in a, another episode, I had one of my family friends, uh, Caitlin Guerin, who is a pastry chef, went to culinary school, that kind of stuff. And she does talk extensively. And I'll link 
in the uh, show notes to that episode, but she talks about, yes, it's the science of, and that's what in, in pastry school and culinary school that folks go in and learn is the science of it all. It's not just kind of, you know, throwing things around in, especially in, in baking, right? So things are very much precise, the amounts of things that you're putting in and, and there's rationale behind that. So she talked a bit about that. And secondly, I think you bring up a good point around the STEM and, and a wider variety of careers. I, you know, have a background in public health and it's something that um, a lot of people, when I mention it, don't really know much about it. Don't like, how do you get into that? I get a lot of questions around that. And I think I've even talked on a couple episodes uh, on this podcast as well. It's just something that there are so many things beyond, you know, coding or a lab scientist or which are great careers and interesting backgrounds and really yeah, fun stuff. But there's such a wide breadth of opportunities out there for people who might be interested in the sciences or think they may be, or at least to explore in general. So yeah, definitely did good work going on. So what is your tips, um, would you say, for others interested in either the STEM side or on the culinary side? Is like um, You mentioned that being kind of the cornerstone and some of the kind of heartbeat of, of what you do with the pastry engineer. What are some of the like go-to things when you're, when you're working with, especially youth, um, around, around those areas? Yeah, so um, I I will say when I when I'm working with students, um, first of all, I, I want it to be fun, right? Um, because you're not going to motivate children of school age to do anything if they don't find joy in it. And so first, it's how do we lean into the joy? So a lot of times with my workshops or summer camps or classes. Um, I ask a few probing questions to one level set with my audience to get a better sense. You know, these, I'm not their teacher, so I'm not in front of these students on a daily basis. I don't actually know them very well. So I have maybe about a five minute time frame to fully understand the students that I'm working with. Um, so I ask general questions along the lines of, who, who loves baking or who loves cooking and, you know, have several students contribute to the conversation in that space. And then I transition into who loves science and then probably get a few, uh, much fewer hands that are raised. Right. Um, but then I actually have them explain to me why they didn't raise their hand when we talk about loving science, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so I set the tone at the very beginning of the class to let them know, hey, we're actually gonna be, what we're gonna be doing for the rest of the class is science. I know you signed up for a baking or a cooking class, but this is science and I'm gonna show you how. And at the end of this class, we're gonna discuss some of the main takeaways. So um, what I like to do is interweave um, specifically uh, around chemistry. So I like to interweave chemistry concepts into the conversation. So if we talk about the process of macerating berries, which is essentially uh, adding sugar to fruit of some sort to extract the juices out, right? Um, very, very common in any sort of cobbler or tart, et cetera. It's a, I would consider a very basic step, um, but I take it a step further and explain to them what's happening um, in that reaction is the, is the fact that sugar is hygroscopic. So sugar being a hygroscopic property or having hygroscopic properties allows us to pull out 
the the juices within the fruit because it attracts the water that lives within the fruit. So it's, you know, we're, we're going through these recipes and we're, we're baking and we're creating, but um, essentially leveraging keywords that are sticky um, so that when we conclude the class, the students have now picked up on chemistry terminology that they can actually make applicable, um, but then they have a delicious meal at the end of it. So it's that word association kind of is the approach that I think makes it um, both relatable and fun, but um, you know, there are significant takeaways that the student has at the end of the class. Absolutely. No, that's a really good creative way to jump into it with a new audience. And, and they, like you said, they come out with something tasty at the end, but then learn a lot. So that sounds like a fantastic model in that way. Um, another question, I guess, um, you touched on a little bit with the pandemic and sort of balancing that. So I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, in a pre-pandemic world, you know, you're like in person and it's, you know, class and we're all, you know, doing all the things, you know, close to each other, doing chopping, macerating berries, all the things, <laughs> and sort of, you know, a pandemic hits, sort of what is, what were you able to do? Were you able to kind of, um, even though I hate using this word pivot, um, because it's overused too much, especially it in the business room. It definitely, I think, has it's described, this. you know, the way most businesses have approached or redefined their approach in this pandemic world. Yeah. No, I think that that's a great question. And that actually led into the birth of the cocktail engineer brand. Um, so one thing that I recognized and was extremely sensitive to, I, I, I could have taken the traditional pastry engineer student model and made it available virtually. There definitely would have been parents who signed their students up. I could have continued to partner with schools and nonprofits to facilitate these classes, especially with them being at home. You know, they have access to kitchens, et cetera. Um, but one thing that I was extremely sensitive to was Zoom fatigue. You know, as a, as a working professional, who, you know, in my corporate career, I'm constantly on video calls all day, every day. It, it's draining, it's tiring. And the fact that students between the ages of five to 17, 18 were expected to do that all day, every day. And then the supplemental um, activities or outlets were also held on Zoom. It just didn't seem feasible to me. Um, could I have done it? Could I have sustained a significant revenue stream um, conducting it that way? Absolutely. Did I think that it was going to be significantly value add in terms of what I wanted students to gain from the experience? No. So I actually um, stopped focusing on working with students during the pandemic and that allowed me the creative outlet to one, come up with the cocktail engineer brand, but then also getting to the um, corporate team building space. So hosting corporate virtual events for both pastry and cocktail making um, with the primary audience being uh, teams and organizations and businesses that are looking to have uh, these fun, engaging team building events for their workforce that's now dispersed all across the US. Um, so it, it created another um, uh, another branch within the pastry engineer brand to allow me to move into this corporate space. And as things are starting to become 
more normal, I'll say, um, and schools are meeting in person, et cetera, that opportunity is still there and uh, something that I'm going to be moving back into with the school year approaching in the fall. Um, but now I have an additional um, opportunity that will continue to be here even post pandemic because we've seen the way in which uh, people work has evolved, right? You know, you now have teams all over the country and those teams will continue to remain all over the country, even if people may or may not be going into some of their local audiences. So how do you then engage your workforce so that they feel connected to an overarching goal? Um, so that that has been a fun um, kind of exploration and task and expansion. Uh, but I, I, I thought it would be a disservice to sit kids in front of a computer for two more hours um, and expect them to take away what what I knew the class had to offer. So. No, that's that's a great uh, successful pivot, sounds like, and really pivot slash expansion, right? So you kind of grow in an, an area. So exciting about the cocktail engineer. I'm excited. I kind of, we may talk offline and talk about some team building events we might do later at my site. Who knows? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are some um, other things, maybe even outside of professionally, some other things that you may, I've asked a lot of my guests, you know, how are they, some things they did to help manage their mental and just what kind of they got into during the pandemic in general? So um, I, I'm somebody who has, I'd say taken my physical health very seriously for a long time. Um, so exercising is a huge part of my routine and eating balanced diets is a huge part of my routine. And um, uh, I think the biggest question I had to, or the biggest problem I had to solve at the very beginning of the pandemic is how do I continue to maintain this? Um, but also how do I continue to maintain this and be realistic with what's going on? Um, so, you know, I, there was a period of time, I'd say early in the pandemic where a group of girlfriends and I, we would be on Zoom together, but taking the same uh, online workout class so that we had that same, you know, that accountability that you get from going to an actual class um, with people that you know, but we're able to do it for safely from our living rooms at the time. Um, you know, spending time outdoors when the weather allows. Uh, I got really into running for a while. <laughs> got really into running for a while just because it, it it gave me that release that I needed, but it also allowed me to get out of my space and again, do it safely um, because this was, I'd say, uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic or the first, first few months of the pandemic. Um, I think figuring out different ways to stay connected to friends was really important to me. Um, you know, early on, there were a lot of Zoom happy hours and brunches and, you know, just general meetups. Um, and then I think collectively as a generation, we got to a point where we were over it. <laughs> my, it's funny because my, my parents still get on, you know, Zoom meetups with their friends, even though things are starting to open back up and they're a little bit out, they're outside a little bit more. Um, but I'd say our generation probably stopped around June, July of last year. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, so no more Zoom like, birthday parties. Like, right. I'm over it. If we can't meet up in a park, I'm I don't okay. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I will say during the time that we were doing the virtual meetups, um, as somebody who has friends all over the country, it was really nice that that the way quality time looked for my friends, I was living in Dallas at the time, the way quality time looked for our Dallas friend group was exactly the same way that my Chicago friends and I were spending time together, or my friends that lived in Atlanta, or my friends who lived in New York. And so just being able to strengthen those relationships during the pandemic, because we now opened up um, the world of possibility and how we connect it with each other. Um, as somebody who is an extrovert, was that was really, really important to me. And I was grateful to be able to take advantage of that. Um, but also being realistic with, you know, in terms of what's going on. Um, yes, I needed these outlets. And yes, I took advantage of it. And as I said earlier, um, in our conversation, I am very grateful that my overall, I've been able to make light and have uh, significant wins during the pandemic. Um, but there are also really, really challenging times too. Um, you know, the isolation very early on as someone who lives alone. Um, you know, I was having full conversations with my dog at one point in the pandemic and, okay. you know, <laughs> and so just different things like that. And just, uh, giving myself grace, um, to feel how I felt that day, you know, even though on one hand, I'm, I'm grateful to have sustained my business and, uh, expanded opportunities within my business and maintain connection to people that I really, really care about and love. Um, there were just some days where it, the reality of what we were dealing with, um, as a nation and as a global community was very apparent. And I just had to give myself space to do that and not beat myself up when I just was not in the mood to, <laughs> to engage or be happy or couldn't make myself be happy that day. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, I, th I feel as if I dealt with the pandemic in very similar ways as a lot of our peers and, you know, people that we talk to regularly. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everyone did their best to find their best ways to cope, depending, of course, on their different situations, right? What you're balancing, what sort of your normal was and what kind of the new normal is for you. So definitely some good good uh, thoughts and tips there. So this was a really good conversation. I, I learned a lot more, I think, about the cocktail engineer side. I know I'd started seeing things on social media. I was like, okay, I see a little something, something that's going on there with Ms. Kia. Um, so what's next for the pastry slash cocktail engineer sort of, um, what's, what's next on your horizon, some of the next big activities or projects or all that? Yeah. Um, so in terms of, uh, cocktail engineer space, uh, continuing to grow, uh, the corporate team building side of the business, um, additional partnerships, marketing, um, in that space. Um, also partnerships with uh, alcohol brands. Um, so I'm really excited uh, for the, some conversations that I've had and uh, some projects that I'm working on and people will be able to see what those are um, hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, uh, same thing on the pastry engineer side as well, um, but I'm really, really looking forward to getting back 
in front of students um, and you know just getting back to again the lifeline of why I started the pastry engineer brand um, so in the fall we'll be uh, starting to do in-person workshops again which will be so exciting because it I mean it it's been almost two years since I have been in front of students in that capacity. And so I, I just really look forward to getting back into that space. But um, yeah, between the two, just very busy, <laughs> very busy working um, through both of those, because sometimes even though uh, it falls within an overarching brand and business model, sometimes I do feel pulled in conflicting directions. So also just being mindful of what I need to do for Kia um, and not just as the patient engineer, as the cocktail engineer, but uh, some really, really exciting things. And um, for, you know, people who follow me or, um, you know, have been to my website, you'll definitely see a lot of those uh, items announced in the near future. Awesome. Yeah. That leads into the la my last kind of question. And where are some folks to work and they follow you, find you all the things, the websites and social media. Absolutely. So my website is www.thepastryengineer.com. Um, and on my website, uh, you can learn more about what the pastry engineer and the cocktail engineer offer. Um, you can also book corporate team building events through the website um, and just uh, contact me that way. Uh, additionally, I am on Instagram at Kia Binion um, is my um, personal brand Instagram and at the pastry engineer is my business page. Um, so either of those will have quite a bit of information. The Kia Binion uh, page focuses mostly on cocktail um, and the pastry engineer is obviously dedicated to those items as well. So either of them are great ways to reach out to me. I am on Instagram a little bit too much. So I will get your messages or um, however you choose to reach out. Awesome. And I'm going to make sure those are included in the show notes. So you'll be able to directly connect to Instagram pages and websites and all the things for our listeners. Awesome. This has been a great conversation. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Kia. You are fantastic. Y'all are all thank you. Fantastic <laughs> people. I don't know how my sister met such fantabulous people, but you know, it's all good. I get to I get bonus bonus friends when you have siblings. It's yes, great. absolutely, absolutely. This was such a good conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me here and just being able to talk about STEM and all the great, wonderful things happening in that space. But yes, I, I'm, I'm really happy for you with this podcast and the conversations you've been having have been awesome. So. All righty. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. So thanks again to Kia for sitting down and really having a wonderful conversation and so proud of her for all the great work she's doing to expose uh, young people to various careers in STEM, including the culinary sciences. Lots of great information to stay tuned with what Kia is doing in the show notes below. Follow her on Instagram. And as always, I ask you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends, your family, and even your enemies. You can find us on all your favorite social media platforms at 
The Victory Pod, as well as visiting our website, thevictorypodcast.com. If you visit our Where to Listen page, you can find all the different podcast platforms where we're located. Also, feel free to contact us with any questions, concerns, episode, episode ideas, and more. If you also want to support the Victory Podcast in another way, you can visit our merch page, which is also on our website, or you can subscribe to be part of our Patreon. I'll end this episode as I do every episode. Every problem has a solution. It's whether you're willing to do the work to find it. Let's do the work and be victorious. Mm-hmm.